The following program is brought to you by Speak the Word Ministries. The way you get your thinking right is to get your heart right. And you do that by meditating on His Word and by renewing your mind to His way of thinking and raising it to His level. Speak the Word. Welcome to Speak the Word with author, Bible teacher, and evangelist, Pastor Joanne Ramsey. Speak the Word Ministries is called to train up God's children to be soldiers of Jesus Christ. Speak the Word. Speak the Word. God's Word. Speak, speak, speak God's Word. We invite you to visit us online at speakthewordministry.net. That's speakthewordministry.net. And now, here's Pastor Joe with a message titled, The Brain-Heart Connection. Speak the Word. According to Proverbs 23:20 20 in the Amplified Bible, it says, For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. So this shows that we do think in our hearts. And there are many more verses that will confirm this. But you probably haven't given much thought to this fact. I know I have not given a lot of thought to it. However, we do think in two places. We think in our minds and we think in our hearts. And here's just a, a few scriptures referring to our hearts. Hebrews 4 12 in the New King James says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And in Luke 6, 45, it says, The good person out of the good treasure of his heart produces good, and the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil, for it is out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. And I will be uh, saying that quite often throughout the message, <laughs> for we have to understand that it's out of the abundance that the heart speaks about everything. It's what truly is in your heart that's going to be coming out of your mouth. Jesus tells us how we can judge a person, how we can judge a person's character, and we do it in much the same way that we look at a tree or plant to tell if it's a good plant or if it's a bad plant. For the word says that no good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. He says each tree is recognized by its own fruit, according to Matthew seven seventeen. Now, of course, it is possible that someone might put up a facade to deceive others regarding his character. This happens a lot. It happens actually probably a lot, a lot more than you realize. As a matter of fact, how many times have you met someone and thought that they were a good and honorable person to find out later that they were not, that maybe they were just the opposite from what you thought when you first met them? But saints, no matter how hard a person tries to cover up their real self, eventually what is inside of that person's heart will come out. Right. You can put on a facade for a, a, a small amount of time, but eventually, and usually it doesn't take long, for what's in that heart is going to come out. Because the mouth speaks out of the abundance, the overflow of the heart. The tree is the heart. Fruit is the mouth. When Jesus was talking about trees, he was talking about people. In Psalms 52, 8, David referred to himself as a green olive tree in the house of God. And in Psalms 1, verses 1 through 3, he talks about the, how we are like uh, trees planted by the rivers of water. And in Psalms 92, 12, he says, The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar, he says, in Lebanon. He also says in verse 14, which I really like this verse, <laughs> is that they shall bear fruit in old age. <laughs> 
They shall be fresh and flourishing. Hallelujah, Pastor Larry. We all like, we, don't, we, we love that one. Yeah. You know, the Bible is always, the Bible always connects the mouth and the heart together. Saints, my point is, our hearts can think. You know, as a matter of fact, as I was thinking about that, I was going over my message this morning, and I was talking about the heart and the mouth and how the heart, you know, uh, how the heart can think. I was thinking that really we are spirits. We are primarily a spirit. We have a soul and we live in a body. And I would like to, in the near future, to uh, teach on the, the heart, the spirit, soul, and body. I've done it before in the past, and uh, I think I'd like to do it again because I think this is... This will fit very well into there because he's talking about our heart and we're talking about our minds. We're talking about the soulish part of us. And we're talking about the heart. We're talking about the heart that God has given us. And that's who we really are. And that heart, even when we go home with, to be with the Lord, is not going to change. It's a new heart. Right. It became a new heart. And so it's still going to be the same one that we have when we go to be with the Lord. And so this is where it's important to renew your mind so that whatever's in your heart, that's what's going to come out. Hallelujah. Monocle science is just now beginning to understand this. However, the Lord revealed this to us long before medical science ever discovered it. <laughs> you know, it amazes me that, you know, the Bible gives us everything we ever needed to know. And it's so deep. There's so much in here that it, you cannot exhaust the word of God. And the more you read and the more you meditate on the word, the more you see so many things that you didn't see before. I, I've this just this past week, I've been studying a lot about on the symbols of the Bible and what's symbolic. And, and I ain't got time to preach on that. But it's so interesting. I never thought about the beast in the fields and the birds of the air. But they're demonic spirits. You know, they're, they're symbolic of demonic spirits. Just like when the Bible says that, you know, that as soon as the seed is sown, the enemy comes to steal it away and the birds of the air. They're demonic spirits. You know, if you go back and it goes into the Old Testament and the New Testament, you know, to verify this. And like I said, I'm not preaching on that today. However, I think it would be very interesting to, to speak about the symbols and, and the, where the trees are symbolic to men and the birds and the beast is symbolic to demonic spirits. Because even in the book of Genesis, you know, when the Bible says that Satan was the most evil of all of the beasts, you know, when he was uh, talking about the snake and he was the most evil. So he was saying he was more evil than all the other spirits. And so he was calling him a beast. It stated that when some transplant patients receive their new hearts, they discovered that the previous owner has donated a few eerie thoughts as well. After recovering from their operation, several patients started recounting incidents that occurred in their donors' lives. He says, because, for instance, a 52-year-old man who liked classical music, but after being given the heart of a teenage boy, he suddenly discovered that he liked rock music. Now, boy, that's a switch. And it said a man who had received a heart from a woman that was hit by a train had recurring dreams about train wrecks. And it says after a young boy received his heart transplant, he awoke and told his mother, he says, everything is copacetic. In other words, and everything, you know, in excellent order. And his parents said that he had never used that word or that phrase before. He said, but however, he learned later that the donor and his wife used it to reassure each other after they'd had an argument that everything was okay. And then there is one about an eight-year-old girl that had received the heart of a murdered child, and she started having recurring nightmares. She was able to describe the circumstances of her donor's death in such a way, in, in, in such details, that the police were able to capture the person who was later convicted of it. 
Now think about that. That is powerful. How powerful our heart is. What a wonderful heart we have. And let me tell you why I really want to be telling, uh, talking about some of this. It's because I want you to know that a heart can think. And as I said before, we don't only think with our minds, but also with our hearts. In other words, when you are faced with choices or decisions in your life, if you would just pause and think about it, you could actually think about it in your hearts and really and not just in your minds. For instance, have you ever said to someone, this is what was on the top of my mind. This is what comes to the top of my mind. Some people say off the top of my head. And think about it now. Wouldn't it be better to give someone an answer from the bottom of your heart <laughs> instead of the top of your head yeah. or your mind? How many times have you said something that you regretted and then later had to go back and apologize and say, that's not what was in my heart? And saints, it wasn't in your heart. It was on your mind, the top of your head. You spoke from your mind. Remember what Jesus says. He says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Remember, a tree is known by its fruit. And Jesus is not talking about actual trees here. Trees are, as I said, are symbolic of people, and the fruit is the mouth. So many times we say things from our minds and not from our hearts. You know, when we accepted Jesus as our Lord, He gave us a new heart. According to Ezekiel eleven nineteen in the Amplified Bible, He says, I will give them one heart, a new heart, and I will put a new spirit within them. And I will take the stony heart out of their flesh and will give them a heart of flesh more sensitive to God. So we need to let our converted heart tell our renewed minds what to say. Yeah. You know, the Bible tells us in Romans 2, not to be conformed to this world, but to be you transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you'll know what the perfect will of God is. So we need to let our converted heart tell our renewed minds what to say. If we would just pause and think before you speak, a lot of people don't. My youngest daughter was really bad about this, you know. She never think before she spoke. It just came out. And if we would ponder and think about what we were going to say before we answer, you know, we may not have given it a lot of thought, but words cost. And words hurt. And words last. Good words last. And so do bad words. And bad words can cut like a surgeon's scalpel. While on the other hand, you can speak blessings into the life of someone else. And the most important, words create. And I like to touch a little bit on how you create with your words. The Lord tells us that He has made us all overcomers and causes us to triumph. In Revelations 12, verses 10 and 11, the New Living Bible says, Then I heard a loud shout across the heavens. It has come at last salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of His Christ. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth, the one who accuses them before our God day and night. Praise God. And verse 11 says, And they have defeated Him by the blood of the Lamb and by their testimony, and they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. Hallelujah. In 2 Corinthians 2.14 it says, Now thanks be to God who always always leads us in triumph in Christ. You know, I don't think that we have to be afraid to die. You know, from the moment that we're born, we're headed that way. That's our home. It's going back home. It's just, all you're doing is just, you've been gone. You, you were released into this world with a purpose and an assignment. 
And we're supposed to complete that purpose and that assignment and then come back home. And some people come back home earlier, but also a lot of people are taken out early. And, and the reason why they're taken out early is because they lose focus of what they're here for. They lose purpose of the goal and the purpose that God put them on this earth for. People says, well, I don't know what God wants me to do. Well, everybody has a purpose. And, and if you seek the Lord, he will tell you what your purpose is. It might be late in life. Mine came late in life, but it wasn't his fault. It was my fault because he was probably trying to get my attention for all those years prior to me actually understanding what he wanted me to do. But first, I had to accept him as my Lord and Savior. I had to become part of the kingdom of God before I could actually have an assignment from the Lord. And so it took a long time for the Lord to convince me because I had been so against everything because of the way I was brought up. I didn't want to get involved in any of that religious stuff. And so a lot of people are, you know, for various reasons, uh, delay accepting Christ. And because I, I, I believed all the lies that the enemy told me, that, that's, that's really where it all comes from. Because the enemy, he's constantly telling you lies and we're buying into it. And so finally I didn't, I got to the point where I didn't believe the lies anymore. And so God kept sending people after me. He kept sending laborers my way. And actually that was one labor that just kept coming. And she said she wasn't going to come anymore unless the Lord told her. And I'm so thankful that he never gave up on me. And a year later he told her again. And I accepted Jesus. And my life has changed forever. But he gave me uh, almost immediately my purpose. You know, you can have an experience with God. When you have an experience with God, your whole life changes. It just flips it upside down, you know. And and you can come up, if you don't really are convinced in your heart, if you don't really, you can come up and say you accept Jesus, but you have to have an experience with God. You You know, you know that you're born again. You know that you know that you know that you know. Hey, I don't know what it is. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know enough about the Bible. I didn't know what it was. But I knew I was different. And why wouldn't I? I had a new heart. I'd had surgery. I had supernatural surgery during that church service. And that's what happens. We all have supernatural surgery. And we all get a new heart. And I'm so thankful this morning that I have a new heart. I always, I can't stand up here and say that. I know that all things come out of the, you speak from the abundance of your heart. But I'm not totally renewed yet, and nobody I don't think is. But we're we're working on it. We're a project, and you know, um, the Lord says that uh, He's doing a good work in me and in you every day. And His Bible says in Philippians, I think it is in one seven, that He that began the good work in you will continue to do so until the day of Christ Jesus. So I can stand up here and say confidently that He's doing a good work in me today, and He did one yesterday. And he's going to continue, praise God, forevermore. And saints, how do we do this? How do we become the overcomers, according to Revelations 12, 11, by our testimonies and through Jesus, who always causes us to triumph in our battles? So many people are under the false impression that once you accept Jesus as your Lord, that the fight is over. Hallelujah. You know, however, from my experiences, I found that the fight just begun. When I became a Christian, because the minute that I accepted Jesus as my Lord, the enemy came after me immediately. He came after me big time. It seemed like he came after me with a vengeance, as most of you can probably testify to. And he hasn't ceased. I might add, he has never ceased in his attempts to take me out. And neither has he stopped trying to take you out either, brothers and sisters. That's his goal. We have an assignment. And we have goals. 
that God's given. They're God-given assignments and goals. But Satan has a goals, too. And his goal is to stop God's goals for our lives. And, and he don't care how he does it. And that's why a lot of times people don't recognize that the thing, you know, the sin has been forgiven. Sin is not an issue with God. A lot of churches preaches that it is, but it's not. Jesus died for our sins over 2,000 years ago. Sin is not a problem. But he don't, you know, he has forgiven all, given us of all of our sins. He was wounded and crucified, bore those sins, bore those sicknesses for us. So sin is not a problem with God. What's the problem is that he don't want you to do those things because he knows it opens up the door for the enemy. And when you open, when you, when you go and do something that goes against the word of God, when you're disobedient and you go and you do something that you know that you shouldn't do, you know it's not right then you open up the door for the enemy and, and it gives him an opportunity to come in to destroy you and he will stop your purpose. He will stop your goal. And he will take you out early. But it's not God's will that you go early. It's God's will that you stay here and finish what he sent you here to do. He knows what your days are. The Bible says all our days are numbered. He knows the day that we're going home. You know, So there's really nothing to be fearful of. Praise the Lord. I realize there have been many things going on around us for the past few months that have really affected the way that we think and feel about so many things, things that have been and still are devastating to all of us. It's like there's a web of fear over the whole country right now, which in my opinion, it really is worse than the COVID virus because the results of the fear is doing so much more damage the percentage of everything is skyrocketing out of control. The, the higher percentage of sickness, financial hardships, depression, suicides, and I could go on and on and on. I mean, they have skyrocketed. People are unable to function. Many are fearful to go outside of their homes. In Job 3, 25 and 26, the Brian Bible says, For the things I feared has come upon me, and what I dreaded has befallen me. He said, I'm not at ease or quiet. He says, I have no rest for trouble has come. Yeah. And so he's saying that people don't realize it, but what you fear the most is still true. The, the Bible is good. The Old Testament and the New Testament. Yes, there are some things in the Old Testament we don't have to practice anymore because we're living under grace. But God, the Bible is inspired by the Holy Spirit. It's written, it has one author, and that's Jesus Christ. Is God Almighty. We have 39 people that penned it, but we have one author. That's right. And so it doesn't change, you know. So you can go. It's a spiritual book. It was a, a spiritual God that wrote the spiritual book for spiritual beings. Yeah. Amen. And, it, and that's from cover to cover. That's right. It applies to us. And yes, there are things, like I said, that don't, we don't apply to us anymore. But there's so much in there that does. <laughs> he, he's talked so much in there that does. Many have been wavering in their faith because of what's been going on. I recently received this comment under a prayer that I had prayed on my website, and the lady stated, would just like to know what God's role is in all of this. It is killing the human spirit as well as bodies. Hard to keep the faith going. And one thing is for sure, Satan is responsible for all of this. According to 2 Corinthians 4, 4, he is the God of this world. Yeah. At least, that's little G. Yeah. <laughs> He's little in everything. That's right. At least until his lease runs out. <laughs> and who do you think stands back of the crime waves? And who do you think 
stands back of all this modernism that denies the Word of God and denies the power of God and the, and the truth of God's Word and the power of God and, and, and the churches that don't believe in the supernatural. Satan, of course. Who stands back of the sickness and diseases that sweeps this world? Satan. You know, before you can find the cure for one, another one arises. Satan and his demonic forces are responsible. Saints, these things that have been are still going on. The things that have been are still going on are demonic. And Satan has been working overtime getting people to speak words of death and doubt and unbelief. And I'm really, I'm not sure people realize the damage that they're creating with their negative words that they're actually giving life to the fear and they don't really recognize that they are. God's word tells us that we have the power of life and death in our tongues according to Proverbs 18:21. So we do have power and authority. We can speak life or we can speak death. And when you're speaking negative, you're speaking death and you're speaking fear. The human heart, the heart that God has given us, reacts strongly to negative emotions. All of this upheaval and, and this pandemic has put people under more stress, and I capitalize stress, and caused them to operate out of a spirit of fear. They're not really using what the, you know, what the Lord has given us to think with. Because we're not operating out of that. We're operating out of fear. And you can see it. And you can sense it everywhere you go. It's just like a, like I said, it's like a spider web. It's like a web. And the news media is also playing a major role in this too. I spatter, I would say the biggest role. Yeah. You know, Satan knows the effect the media has on the human spirit. So he's using them to keep everyone in fear. First Peter 1 Peter 1.7 says, that God did not give us a spirit of fear. He gave us a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. And Job 5.12 in the New Living Bible says, He frustrates the plans of schemers, so the work of their hands will not succeed. Praise the Lord. Speak the word to your body. Speak the word to your mind. Speak the word to everyone. This has been Speak the Word, the Bible teaching ministry of Pastor Joanne Ramsey. We're glad you've joined us for today's message. Speak the Word is made possible by support from listeners like you. If you'd like to hear more from Speak the Word, visit us online at speakthewordministry.net. There, you can also learn more about Pastor Joe, purchase audio CDs or DVDs, and watch and listen to other radio messages from Pastor Joe. Again, just go to speakthewordministry.net. Pastor Joe will be right back with a closing word. But first, we're excited to tell you about Pastor Joe's book titled, The Weapons of a Warrior, A Soldier's Handbook for Spiritual Warfare. Do you want to win your spiritual battles against Satan's attacks? In this book, The Weapons of a Warrior, she teaches that when you're in a faith battle, you are there to invade, not retreat. Are you prepared to stand with God at all costs? Pastor Joe shares how God equips you with strength, wisdom, and discernment through His Spirit to stay strong, not only in spiritual warfare, but in daily living. Today, we'd like to send you Pastor Joe's book, The Weapons of a Warrior, a soldier's handbook for spiritual warfare, with your love gift to speak the word ministries of any amount. We're suggesting a gift of $20 or more. Write to us at Speak the Word Ministries, P.O. Box 9175, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23450. 
or make a tax-deductible donation to Speak the Word Ministries with your debit or credit card at 855-505-2297. Pastor Joe and her team also welcomes your emails, and we'd be happy to pray for you. Our email address is speakthewordministry at cox.net. Now, here again is Pastor Joe. Father, I thank you for my new heart. I thank you that when you gave me my new heart, that all my sins, all my mistakes were wiped away. The slate was wiped clean, and I was given a new start in life. Thank you, Jesus. You said, Lord, that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So I pray, Lord, with the help of the Holy Spirit, that out of my mouth will only come thanksgiving and praise. I pray that out of my mouth will come good fruit. For you said that no good tree bears bad fruit, and each tree is recognized by its own fruit. You said that the righteous shall be like trees planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. And whatever we do shall prosper when we delight in your law and meditate on your word day and night. I pray, Lord, through the help of the Holy Spirit, that we will let our converted hearts tell our renewed minds what to say, that we will pause before we speak and ponder and think about what we're going to say before we speak so that the words coming out of our mouth will be pleasing to you, Lord. And realize that good words last, and so do bad words. Let my words be a blessing to all those around me. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. From Pastor Joe and all of us at Speak the Word Ministries, we're glad you've joined us today. Once again, thanks for listening. Join us next time on Speak the Word. Speak the Word to circumstance that mountain can't stand against the word the word of God against the word